It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. And welcome back. This is UpToDate on KCUR 89.3. In 2020, an Overland Park couple opened a tiny pantry in their front yard. The pantry had free food for those who were struggling with food insecurity. They thought it would only last a few months until COVID was over. But three years into its operation, it's thriving and bigger than ever. Tiny Pantry Time serves thousands of pounds of food and other supplies every month, and it's working to relocate to a bigger space. Here to talk more about it is one of the people who make it happen, and that's Jennifer Parker, who runs this pantry out of her home. Jennifer, welcome to the show. So nice to have you here. Thank you very much for asking me. I think the obvious question is, why start this pantry in the first place? Well, we started it uh, in 2020 during the height of the pandemic because it seemed like a lot of our neighbors were feeling kind of isolated and they didn't know what to do to help each other and they were kind of terrified because the grocery stores were emptying out. And so my husband, Adam, and I decided to build a tiny pantry in our front yard, which is very similar to a tiny library. Mm-hmm. And um, the first one is one that I built, and it was a sad little box with doors that didn't quite shut, and it had no <laughs> lighting or a mini fridge. And during the winter, we discovered that people kept bringing us perishables, and we kept saying we can't do that. So finally, we ended up putting up a folding table and a mini fridge and running extension cords across the entire front yard trying to accommodate <laughs> that. And so after that first year, my husband said, I think I can do this better for you. So he, you know, dug down the underground and put in the conduit. And now it has a mini fridge and it has 24-hour LED lights. And wow. so it's it's doubled in its capacity to about 49 cubic feet. Wow. Was there a sense that maybe surprised you as you got into this whole thing, Jennifer, that there was more need, more demand for what you were offering than maybe you might have expected? Yes. Um, Johnson County has never really had high poverty numbers. Everybody thought that there really wasn't any poverty in Johnson County. Yeah, right. So when we started this and the need just kept increasing and increasing and increasing, it kind of shown a a glaring light on a really quiet problem. We've talked any number of times on this program, Johnson County is changing before our eyes. And you're so right, you know, 20 years ago, the idea of a food pantry in the heart of Johnson County would have been laughable, but you're saying that's not the case at all today. No, we are are seeing almost uh, 100 to 150 people a day, about 3,000 people a month that are on that knife edge of being able to remain in their homes or being able to eat, paying utilities or being able to eat, taking their medication or being able to eat. So that's the the niche that we're trying to fill. I bet they appreciate what you're doing. What kind of feedback do you get? Um, I actually have a gallon Ziploc bag of all of the thank you notes that we have received over the years. Um, everything from thank you for the food my daughter and I will eat tonight, 
Um, two, we really appreciate being able to contribute to this project. And that's been the wonderful side benefit of this is that we have been able to actually build a community around this project. It hasn't been just one-sided where we're putting out food. We've actually had neighbors and business owners and um, actually some of our recipients that come back and say, hey, I want to help. And so it has built this very strong community and wow. this very central core. That's amazing. Hey, how do this food pantry is operating, what, 24 hours a day? People can show up at two in the morning and pick up food in front of your house? Correct. In fact, uh, we had one at 1230 last night. Um, how, how do you know? Did you hear him show, pull we, up? We did last night. Uh, my husband actually drives. Uh, he's a CDL driver, and he delivers bread. And he was actually coming home at that time because he was going to deliver bread to a senior high-rise facility and a church today. Um, so he had just pulled in, and this individual came in right behind him, and the pantry had actually been emptied a little bit earlier. So he was helping her get bread and milk and things that she needed to make it through the night. Wow. Where are you getting all this food? We are thrilled to have multiple partners. Um, we partner with Jewish Family Services. We've partnered with Zoos Underground. We've partnered with several of the individuals in our community. Um, we are loved to network. Uh, we are also part of Food Donation Connection. It's a nationwide program that allows us to do food recovery from several area restaurants. So we um, recover food from three Starbucks, a McDonald's, a Papa John's, a Pizza Hut, a wow. Texas Roadhouse. All of that food that otherwise would be thrown away, we are actually able to provide to our recipients. And it's vital because these people oftentimes don't have the resources to cook. So to be able to provide them ready-to-eat meals has just been a lifesaver. Um, how do you manage your time to keep this thing going and now the obligation, I guess, so many people are counting on this food being there. What kind of time commitment have you made here, Jennifer? Well, my husband and I laugh that this is our second full-time job. Uh, he's a CDL driver. I'm a professor at Johnson County Community College, so we both work full-time. Wow. And wow. so we have now incorporated 13 volunteers to come and help us to do food recovery as well as to stock the pantry when we're at work. Do people have to demonstrate need when they pull up in front of your house, or do you just let anybody come and take what they need? Well, that, again, is one of the niches that we're trying to fill because one of the things we hear over and over again is how embarrassing it is to come to a pantry and how degrading some of the paperwork is in order to get food. And we do not ask any questions except, you know, are you getting what you need? Um, they can come. We don't ask them, you know, the size of their family, what their demographics are. We just ask them to limit it to one bag, one bottle of whatever, and one loaf of bread. That way we can make sure that we still have enough food to distribute to everybody else that's coming that day. Are, how confident are you that the people who are coming to get the food then actually need it? Well, I can hear their cars usually from a couple blocks away. Um, I've seen them. Come that answers on, that question yeah, pretty well. I, I see them come on foot. I've seen them come on scooters. Um, I mean, it's we have all walks of life. And one of the things that happens is when we ask that, you know, are you getting what you need? It's either yes. Or suddenly it opens a fountain of information that you're like, oh, TMI. Um, yeah. And we hear about 
everything they're going through and what a, a lifeline this is. Do you get a sense after this much time operating this uh, pantry that this issue is flying a little bit under the radar, this idea of food insecurity? Yes. Um, I think that um, for the most part, other organizations that can use those demographics are flying above the radar and everybody you know, is able to contribute, et cetera. And because we don't gather the demographics, we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot uh, trying to get grants or capital improvements because those um, programs want that information in order to provide funding. And again, because it is so embarrassing to these individuals, we even had one young lady that told us how to get, quote unquote, safe food from a dumpster, as opposed to having to give out demographic information. Wow. Um, wow. We've had individuals that cannot get food because they do not have a home address. So again, we, we provide that niche for those individuals that are on that edge that would fall through the cracks um, for a lot of the other programs. We'll be right back. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute. You have volunteers, I assume, who are helping you do what you do. Volunteers from your neighborhood, I gather? Yes. Uh, 90% of our volunteers are seniors, and anyone that overlooks a senior as a workforce is really missing out. These people are dedicated. They embrace this. They take ownership of it. Um, you call them and say, hey, I need this done. They're there. And if they can't make it, they have learned to work it out between themselves uh, so that somebody else can take their shift or help out or drive or whatever it is that we need. These are amazing people. And I cannot say enough about them. They are just, and we, we want to take care of them. We really want to take care of them. I'm visiting with Jennifer Parker, who runs the Teeny Pantry Times, a pantry food pantry right out of her front yard. But now, given the demand, you're thinking about moving this to a different location. What do you have in mind? Well, we um, originally were um, suggested to move to a different uh, location by the city because they had received a couple of complaints about the traffic, one of which came from a member of the local country club. Um, and that particular meeting didn't um, provide us the needs that we needed, the space, et cetera. But in that uh, time, another church, uh, Overland Park Christian Church, pastored by Laura Phillips, came forward and said, hey, we can help you we can provide the space. And we said, well, well, there's a key issue. We do not have a revenue stream, so we can't really pay rent. She says, well, we can take it out in kind. So we're actually paying them in milk and bread, hmm. uh, which helps their pantry right. and puts a roof over our head to allow us to expand. So has the pantry, is it going to be leaving your front yard then at some point soon? 
It will be leaving our front yard. Um, it's only 0.5 miles from our house, so it's mm-hmm. still within walking distance for a lot of our people. The issue is we need to make some structural changes because right now there is a pathway from our house out to the pantry, which is curbside, and it's lit and there's cameras and all this. At the church, there is no such pathway. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we were working to do is install a heated ramp so that, again, our our 90% senior volunteers won't slip and slide yeah. and light it and put ADA-compliant railings on it so that they can actually use carts to take the groceries in and out as opposed to actually having to schlep the 20 to 25-pound grocery bags. Yeah. Nothing simple, is it? Nothing is simple. Hey, how many of, you mentioned older folks, what percentage of the people coming to the pantry are senior citizens? Oh my, I'd say probably 50 to 60%. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. What, what does that say? Um, it's kind of heart rendering. Yes. Um, we have, um, for example, uh, I changed their names, but we have Mr. and Mrs. that come to us. Um, they have both had heart stents. Mm. They are raising their mentally challenged adult son. So they're trying to live on their retirement and feed him right. and maintain their home. And Mr. said that he's working now, granted, now he's 83 and he's working at Dollar General. And he asked me the other day for carrots. And I said, okay, I've got canned carrots. He said, oh, I like the fresh ones. He said, it helps with my eyes because I'm a cashier. And he says, but I can only work 21 hours because if they let me work more, then they have to pay me benefits. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot flying in that your husband, Adam, Jennifer, who unfortunately is working today and, and couldn't be here, said to uh, our producer, Hallie Jackson, that, that you were called to do this. Do you agree? I'd say so, yes. Um, my family, we were always raised that if something happens, you feed somebody. You know, the food was kind of the the key to love. You know, if you had a bad day, you gave somebody a cookie. If they made a, a great play, you you took them out to eat. If they, you know, were, were coming out of the hospital, you made them a casserole. If they had a death in the family, you took over a casserole. So food has always been the language of love for my family. And I guess that just kind of spilled out into this. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to you. Have you come cl- become close with any of the folks who uh, repeatedly come back to the pantry? We have, um, like I said, Mr. and Mrs., we found out about their son. Um, We have another recipient that she cleans houses, and then she also takes care of her husband, who is a um, biplegic. And so, you know, and she has a child, and there are stories I mean, that just go on and on and on. Yeah. Well, one thing that you said that really strikes me, and I think sometimes this fact gets lost, is that a lot of times poorer folks who need help, they're already working. It just isn't enough to get them to where they need to be financially to to put food on the table. Right. Of those many, many people that we have, probably six maybe are living out of the vehicles or on the streets. The rest of them are working. They're they're taking one, two, three jobs trying to just, you know, maintain their residence and pay the utilities and take their medications. And food is just a luxury. Yeah. For people listening, maybe they want to help your pantry, make a contribution. How can they do that, Jennifer? 
Okay. Well, we are registered with Benevity, which is a um, payroll deduction donation platform. We are also registered with um, Grapevine Giving. We are also registered with the uh, National Christian Foundation in the Heartland. Um, And we have Venmo. So we, you know, or you know, we've had people just walk up to our front doors and hand us money. Um, but I promise you, 100% of that all goes back into the pantry. We don't take salaries. None of our volunteers do. Everything. That's Jennifer Parker. Again, she runs Teeny Pantry Times out of her front yard. Jennifer, thanks for coming in. Good luck with your work. Thank you so much. You bet. Really appreciate it. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancard, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Elizabeth Erb. Paul Nakatura is our announcer and engineer. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network.